0: Welcome to A Woman's Brew, where women talk about beer. In today's episode, beer meets Bolognese as we chat to sustainable brewery Beyond Belief about their beers brewed with fresh pasta. I'm Joanne and this is Tori. Hello, hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us. Alright, we are very excited today to have Christian with us from Beyond Belief Brewing. Hello Christian, welcome. Hello guys. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Um, now, we're very excited to talk to you about your beers, which we've got here, um, <coughs> because they've got there's something interesting about your beers, isn't there? Do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself, a little bit about the brewery and why we're so interested in your beers?
1: Yeah, sure. No worries at all. So there is absolutely something slightly different with our beers. Um, So we're Beyond Belief Brewing Co. And um, we basically, our first range of beers that you guys will be tasting today, they're made from upcycled pasta that would normally end up in landfill from the food manufacturing process. So, um, yeah, we basically, you know, like along the whole sustainability sort of story, we wanted things to stop ending up in landfill and wasting energy, sort of turning it into biofuel and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we extract the sugars from actual leftover pasta cuts and um, we turn it into beer. That's amazing.
0: As, um, I'm excited to, I, I mean, actually, I've tried both of these beers already. Full <laughs> yeah, disclosure, yeah. <laughs> had them already. I had them on draft and I had them one cans. So that'd be, oh, that'd be interesting Just to see the difference. I've had them on draft, and I'm really interested to try the third one, which... Yes, yes.
1: that is a bit of a, bit of a terrible one.
0: We didn't have, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so we have a... We've got a pale ale, we've got a yep. Vienna lager, and we've got a graph, which is a beer and cider hybrid. I'm excited for that one. We're going to save that one till last. Yeah, um, sure. And
1: I, Again, I, I think it comes... I don't know if you guys know sort of the graph story, but um, no, it's a really, really interesting story. So it comes from a Stephen King novel... Uh, like okay. a barren land where um, they don't have much opportunity to grow grain. So uh, Stephen King himself actually invents this style of beer, which is a beer and cider hybrid. So that's that's where that comes from, actually, yeah. so a bit of fun in that.
0: That is yeah. exciting. Wow, I mm. love I really that. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that just makes me like it even,
2: like, that makes me find it even more interesting. Oh, though, good, good, yeah.
1: Because everybody <laughs> yeah. says that and they're like, where do you get the name from? Like, what is yeah. that name? And we're like, oh, there is actually Method to the Madness. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I love that yeah being, yeah I, I like Stephen King as well so that's like oh perfect that's, yeah that's brilliant um, yeah. I remember like Joe, like obviously had had met you at um Bristol Craft Beer Festival and I got yeah. like a message I, I did get a message from her like you had like these I've been talking to these people you have to come like I've got <laughs> yeah. to show you them yeah for sure so, yeah I'm like, really quite excited when she mm. mentioned about like beer with pasta being made out of I guess how did you did you know like what came first was the brewery that like more of like the sustainable brewing practices like the first thing and then the pasta came first or was that sort of like the catalyst that like how did you put pasta and beer together?
1: I'll tell you what it is a very interesting story so um, I was originally the product developer at the pasta company so home brewing has been my life since the age of 18 I've always brewed I've always enjoyed brewing like food and drink to me go hand in hand um, my background basically, I studied food science and nutrition at university, so I have a long, long sort of story of, of, of really enjoying food and drink. And um yeah, so it all started during COVID just because at the past manufacturer we were working at, development sort of slowed down because all of the major supermarkets and retailers, they just wanted to fill their shelves. So of course, during a pandemic, the last thing they were interested in, oh, shall we put some new products on the shelves? So it very much just came about from them sort of putting a hold on, on the development side of things. And they were just churning out our original product. So it gave us a bit of time to, and obviously being the developer, I saw firsthand that not from any fault of their own, but just from the manufacturing industry, like there is like by products that come from it. Like we would never be able to completely use all of the pasta. And um, yeah, just from my home brewing background, I knew that there'd be sort of extractable sugars from it. And um, this quiet time was exactly the time I needed to sort of tell the guys, let's have a go, let's see what we can do, and, and let's try and make some pasta. And we actually did use, like, pots and pans and old ricotta buckets to start, like, the fermentation process. So it absolutely comes from scratch. Like, yeah, we didn't we didn't have any fancy equipment at the start. It took me a long time to convince the guys. I said, you know, this will work. Um, so, yeah, like, we, we started fermenting, like, literally in old ricotta buckets, and I could see sort of some activity in our, our airlocks and we were like oh, guys I think we're onto something so yeah it came from that actually
0: that's amazing I love that your Did kit you know that was you also already... like made made up from bits and pieces you had around like it you know a lot of, yeah, a lot yeah. of times the breweries exactly. are like yeah, yeah. oh you know we had we had this kit but it was actually just your pots and pans and the ricotta parts that's really fun
1: yeah really fun yeah
2: did you know though that you wanted to go like commercial with that or were you sort of like let's just see if we can do it like let's just see how it turns out or were you like no let's like we want to go commercial level with the bridge
1: to be honest I don't think anyone originally believed me so my <laughs> my original goal was just to prove a point like I could be quite stubborn at times and I was like I know this will work we can break so...
2: past, and they're like, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I promise you I can can't.
1: exactly that and <laughs> And it was just a personal point at the start. Like, um, again, like we were quite quiet and, uh, and we were trying to work. So we were helping out. Um, and the great thing is, it's like the whole story, like we did a lot of good things. The Passer Company themselves, you know, like we were giving away a lot of stuff to food banks. And, and we were trying our best to sort of get involved in the community. Like everyone just sort of clubbed together during this pandemic. But um yeah, in my sort of off days, I, I sort of was told I was kind of crazy for trying to do it and in the back of my mind it was like there I was like I'm going to show these guys it can work so um, yeah it basically came from there and and I think the first beer I developed will be a bit like the pale that you'll try so um, that was when the sort of alarm bells went off with everyone else and they thought well actually you guys you know that pale you'll try today is very similar to the homebrew pale that sort of started the whole story so obviously a bit personal to me as well so
0: Right, That's well, let's crack that, was the, that open then. Yeah, let's that was
2: the best non-planned segue that <laughs> we probably could have had, because it was like the pay was up first. Yeah. Like, mm. Amazing. There
0: we go. Mm. Right, we're going to crack this
2: open. You're going to be replacing us soon as hosts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we did a tasting session at um, the Manchester Festival as well, which went really, really well. Um, everyone was really engaged, and it was it was quite interesting to do.
0: Oh, It smells amazing.
2: I don't think that I ever would have been like, oh yeah, made with pop. like. I don't think no. that I would have thought anything different if you know. And what that's me. what we're like, hoping. I never yeah, would have yeah. Gone, Oh, that's something different.
1: So again, um, you probably aroma wise, like you should very much get like the sort of light citral hopping in there. It, it very much is. We, we could have gone crazy with this pale ale, but you know, we very wanted, we very much wanted to just pay sort of homage to what we originally started. So. We didn't go absolutely wacky when we when we finally turned it into commercial style. You know, it wants to be a bit of a mix between an English and an American pale. So you've got the American hops in there, but yep. again, pretty clean, like pretty easy to drink.
0: I was gonna say, I would definitely say that's easy drinking. Yeah, and like if you just gave that to someone and went, "This is American pale ale," they'd be like, "Oh yeah." Like, there's no yeah. way that you could be like, "This is made out of an interesting ingredient." People wouldn't. No, exactly. Just from, yeah. From drinking it, and I it. think
1: we have such a difficulty in that as well because you're like. You want to explain the story, but at the same time, you don't want to put people off. So yes. I think if you're not a beer drinker, it's very, very difficult to understand. But if you are, it's like for us, it's like we want people to know, like, you can recycle it. So it, it okay. is a bit of a catch-22, like, do you do you use pasta as the explanation or not? But Then how do you stand out from other brewers without actually explaining to the guys that it's made from pasta? So, yeah, we did have a little bit of a sort of catch-22 with that.
2: Is there some level of like unconscious bias like that people might go in with if you go it's made out of pasta and then maybe they're like kind of there picking it apart in a way that they wouldn't have if you hadn't said pasta to go like oh can I taste this can I taste that and maybe they'll start going oh I'm thinking I'm tasting something that's not there if you hadn't said anything at all.
1: I think definitely I think it's an absolute mixed bag Um, for definite there are some people as soon as you say it are like, I'm not going to like this. And they've already convinced themselves they're not mm-hmm. going to like it. And before, they, they, they probably have never sort of understood the brewing process themselves. So they don't see how sort of similar the pasta is to your original grain anyway. So that is the problem we have. Yeah, there are some people who haven't liked, they don't like it before they've even tried it. Like, absolutely, yeah. But then there are some people who are just so on board and they're like, great idea, great story. And I mean, you see the guys from Toast, they're already doing it with bread and stuff like that. So it's no real difference.
0: Yeah, they no, do it with bread, they do it with, you know, they do it with crumpets. Cereal. Yeah, yeah. Why is this
1: any different? It's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: has done, they've they partnered with like Kellogg's to take
1: Yeah, they it out did like the Sling school. It Out start and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was great to see them really guys in, in Manchester as well this weekend oh, yeah. because obviously as a fan for me, like sustainability has always been something that has a personal sort of influence to me. So um, obviously I already knew the guys and I knew like the Sling It Out style and that sort of stuff. So it was great to sort of see them and converse with them as well and sort of have a conversation about our inspirations and sort of knowing that guys are already doing stuff like that. So, yeah, no, it, was, it was great. Yeah.
0: Did they give you, you any tips?
1: Really Not so much. No, <laughs> we didn't really get that much time to chat though, And obviously mm. I spent most of my time behind the bars. Yeah. So um, just generally as a sort of head of innovation and someone who who is a brewer themselves. So that because we're so new you know you almost need someone who can explain the story so yeah, yeah. I did spend most of my time in Manchester actually behind the bars I was, I was very sort of restricted in how much I could get around and, and try the guys so yeah
2: just to take it back to what you were saying as well when you were saying like just doing you almost started because you wanted to prove a point that it was possible to do it so when you started doing this was it with people at the pasta company or was it with people like was it with friends like who did you actually start having these conversations with?
1: yeah so it was actually the pasta company themselves and um uh, we really great already the pasta company they do give um like the waste pasta already to like pigs and animal feed and stuff mm-hmm. like that but we're getting so so much and um there was some of it that sort of ends up as biofuel and stuff like that and just having the extra time to do it it was to the guys i was like there are extractable sugars and it wasn't necessarily like beer it was like we could use these sugars for any sort of alcohol you know like we see a lot of people who use potatoes to make vodka and stuff like that so the initial conversation with the guys was like can we do something make it interesting yeah and um we always wanted it to be like a new like entity itself like we didn't want it to be a pasta beer from a pasta company because we don't just want to do pasta beer like you know our message is sustainability it's not just pasta this range is great, and, and this is fantastic. This is our pasta be range. But in future, you know, we're, we're looking at using so many other carbohydrates to sort of push that message forward as well. Is there anything
0: you I can? Was uh, my next question, yeah. yeah, anything you can give us a little <laughs> sneaky sneaky peek? About yeah, of course.
1: Today? And I mean, if, if you follow us on our Insta page as well, you'll see the sort like we'll, we'll be putting them out there. But we will be we're using potatoes directly, mm-hmm. also carrots, parsnips oh. are another one that we've been playing around with. Yeah, so potatoes has been a great fun. Actually, yeah, we've been using like chips and stuff like that, and sort of, like, slightly mashing them down, adding a bit of, like, the original wort inside to it, and then just going straight in the mash tun. So, um, yeah, we've we've been having some real fun with... And and the thing is, for us, things like potatoes, um, carrots especially, so much of it ends up in the bin. Mm. So they were two that were really close to our hearts because if you look at, like, the actual UK's profile, food waste, potatoes is, is one of the top five, like, mainly wasted ingredients. And I think we just want to show people that really... You know, like, you will know when a potato's gone out, like, if there's no springs or anything like that, you can see that it's fine to use. And, um, yeah, we just wanted to sort of show, like, if you can be slightly creative with it and, and go in with an open mind. Like, the opportunities are endless to recycle and reuse this stuff. And, I mean, we all like a beer. So, yeah, for me, it's perfect when it comes to
2: the pasta is the pasta just like the 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 surplus in general or is it like because i'm thinking about like with seven brothers when they done the the kellogg's one with those ones it's like there's nothing actually wrong with the product but for whatever reason it's just not something that can make it it doesn't go past the quality checks for like being a visual beauty or something like that so that's why they can't put it in the box is this pasta just purely surplus pasta or is it just something that's like oh maybe visually it's not uh, well, quite the right shape
1: or I would say it's absolutely a mix of both so um that's what we find just in the manufacturing industry in, in in general and not just that with supermarkets like for pasta itself like we would generically get some offcuts. say for example when you make ravioli it's on a machine almost like a stamp hmm. so you are going to get like sort of offcuts cuts that, that are just not pop because every stamp say you've got a stamp in a line of six You have the tiny trim around the edges and if their next product is gluten-free for example obviously there's there's nothing they can do with that pasta so um yeah that that stuff we use but also at the same time there can be the all slightly like manufacturing issue from things like a slight bit of pasta can get caught in the seal of the bag so because all of the pasta is gas flush for, for shelf life if there's a slight hindrance in the seal if there's something that slightly deteriorates the seal supermarkets won't take it so it'd be absolutely fine to use really but you know it wouldn't have your generic like 30 day shelf life so things like that things that were slightly underweight um all of those sort of things so it is a complete mix of both like we don't let any of the pasta go to waste like it's completely off cuts it's good pasta to use but there's a problem with the bagging machine and stuff like that so we, we generally use all of it yeah that's really cool
0: that's incredibly interesting. Like, yeah.
2: I- i wouldn't know anything about i would have just been like oh i probably wouldn't have even thought about that part of the process of like oh if it's not 100 percent like sealed what, what do you do that's that's really interesting something i, that I just wouldn't have
1: known <laughs> i would say as well like I, I like generally like my love for like food and drink did stem back to like as a 16 year old doing my gcse's like, i was working like at a supermarket and that's sort of where i realized like how interested i was but that's where i first saw how much stuff was getting wasted mm-hmm. So that was generally for me the start Um, and I was like this is unbelievable and I knew I I couldn't see the manufacturing side of things from that. I could only see like the actual supermarket first hand of side things and when I started working at a supermarket they were selling like home ripening bananas with date life on it. So these bananas were almost green and then they were being thrown in the bin because they were home ripening and it it just sort of opened a light bulb in my head really.
0: I'd hope nowadays that they're a little bit better about it that things last a little bit longer oh they're so much better now so so much
1: yeah yeah because that was like 11 years ago like when I originally started it and it's it's more like the up up market supermarkets you know who it is it is things like that and I think things like your fruits and your vegetables we should very very easily be able to tell whether or not a banana is is easy like if you can eat this banana or not I don't think we we should almost need um and I, I know supermarkets do that now and a lot of bananas do not have like shelf life on them but yeah like generally when I first started in the industry they did and it was just yeah it was really baffling to me so yeah that's really interesting have you,
2: have you like through playing around with some of the stuff have you kind of gone uh so we've got the payload which is literally this is very sessionable there's like that bit I will say there's like that bitterness there yeah there which is we wanted to carry it. through
1: yeah 100%
2: yeah. like and it feels like it would be really good this is one of those the bitterness level is such that it would be really good for like snacking yeah, yeah Social. Yeah. like I feel like it's very sessional very socializing like beer having some yeah 4.7% this is like it's sunny out it's nice out you just want to have some friends around to have a few drinks like I could 100% see that you could get like a whole case of this and like sort of drink through all just friends and not even realize
1: well exactly that and i think with the amount of food waste that you see like generically we we don't want to make a beer that that you know you might only have one or two of like when there is food waste to recycle we're like well let's try and make something that people can have four or five or six of so that we can actually fully utilize like the the pasta waste so that was sort of the thinking behind that as well yeah
2: so you've like so you've had that power and then obviously like so we've got the vienna and we've got the graph like did you find that you've played around with different styles and gone like this definitely works with this and this definitely doesn't? Or have you found that kind of everything you all the different styles you've attempted to make have turned out actually like more or less OK? Like, what does that process look like? Do you brew something and then go, oh, it needs a little bit more of this or maybe it's not suited for this particular style?
1: Do you know what? Um I haven't actually found like any difference in any style. So like development wise ourselves, I'm um, also looking at a stout and a sour beer as well. Nice. And, um yeah, I haven't sort of noticed anything. I mean, the only major difference is obviously with your stouts when you're using more speciality moulds, you've got less extractable sugars from the extra mould. So it, it's more of just sort of the playing around in that sort of sense. But generically, no, like, I, I think that's the great thing about it. We, we can do anything we want, really, like, and we are looking to sort of expand that range. And, and we want the past to be a range to so just have a range of, you know, we're also looking at, like, a Belgian style, like a Saison or something like that. Honestly, like... Yes. Opportunities are endless. They really are. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I like I... You say, like, Saison, Belgium.
1: Yeah, we're,
0: we're there, we're there. Um, so, a Vienna <laughs> oh, great, Lager. Great, yeah. i love you
1: guys to see it, yeah.
0: <laughs> A Vienna Lager is one of my favourite yeah. styles. Um, what made you pick a Vienna Lager over
1: any other style? <laughs> because it's my favourite, again. <laughs> absolutely my favourite Lager. Um, as, as sort of, yeah, head of innovation, the developer myself, so... I, I wanted to keep it fun. We were looking, and, and again, we wanted to do like we're thinking maybe do we do like an Italian, like dry hopped pills now, but I was like just way too much. You know, it's just too gimmicky and <laughs>
2: that's too on the nose, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. And we're it going just, past. It we're
1: just... going Italian. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. And, and we wanted to keep it cool. And like for me, um, it's just more the introduction into the style to people because a lot of the guys I was working with at the time at the pasta company wouldn't wouldn't have known what a Vienna style was. Mm. So I really wanted to sort of show the versatility of lager. And I think for us, like the pasta story is already crazy enough. So to do a lager, I I just wanted to show some character. And yeah, for me, it's absolutely my favorite style. And I would say that Vienna lager is my baby because that was one that a lot of people were like, you know, dark lager, amber lager. They, They weren't introduced to the style enough. So it was very much sort of a bit of. Like toing and froing between the guys to actually be able to get that out there. So yeah, I think generally that that has a lot of sort of personal meaning to me as well. I
0: like that. I mean, it was a uh, it was Sam Adams, Vienna Lager that got exactly. me into beer. So yeah, so it's one one of my faves as well. Should we should oh, that
2: open amazing. now? Yeah, get to,
1: it open. Yeah, it? sure. I'm, I'm
2: almost done. Like this, I'm not even. Yeah. Lying to you. This is it's what's gone. left of the can of the pail <laughs> Oh, that's like, great. that's great like, I appreciate that. Thank j- you. I was like, just, just like pace yourself, pace yourself. And then I was like, but I just want another. <laughs> it <gone. laughs> Like, let's hold on. Let's open another one.
1: And again, yeah, four point two percent. Super, super easy. Mm. Super easy to drink. And like, I guess the difference between the pail and the Vienna, which which is something that, uh, aside from the fact it's my favorite style kind of wanted to showcase the fact that you can have a really clean easy drinking pale ale and you can sort of let the hops talk with the pasta yeah the pasta can be your base malt and you can let the hops talk and then the Vienna you know there's a little bit of toffee in there a little bit of caramel malt and like you really get sort of like that flavor through and it's like the malt can talk as well as the hops so we just wanted to showcase the absolute versatility of the pasta itself it's such a quite beautiful like... color
2: I was gonna say what I quite liked about it as well is that like, you don't often find that somebody's like one of the first range that they do includes a Vienna yeah um, And that's uh, what I found was yeah. quite interesting is like it's very rare like usually if you get a Vienna lager it's like somebody's either specializing in lager or they've done uh, a few different things and now they're trying a Vienna lager so like yeah. the fact that this is sort of like right out the gate is a Vienna lager is just like for me that makes it even more interesting so I think like when, yeah. when I went up to the stand it was like you had the Vienna and the pale ale lager, that's right yeah and I, yeah, just, yeah. And I was like I went right for the Vienna, like very oh, yeah, yeah. because I was like, you don't often like. It's very rare that someone's taken their Vienna lager with them somewhere, especially that being one of your first beers. And it was really, really nice. Oh,
1: the- thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, but again, it, it was just about that. Like, yeah, again, you've got like some crystal malt in there, you've got some caramel malt, and very, very, very sessionable. Like a lager mm. should be, in my opinion, you know, yeah. like a lager should be something that you should be able to have five or six of. It should be so like easy drinking. And I know we've got some darker malts in there, and you get a bit more of a heavy flavour, but again it's something that you should be able to pick up try I and mean, be like oh actually i really like that and come back for another one so yeah that was sort of that that style from that
2: those caramel notes come through they do yeah. don't they yeah they really oh, do. hard. yeah it is really lovely oh. it's like you almost kind of i think that's the thing as well as like for some people mm. if they're not familiar with kind of what they're going to get into mm. as well they might see because sometimes at beer festivals some people are going because they're just friends of someone else that's going yeah, of course. And they're like, yeah. let's go, it'll be a good social thing, and they you like, I like lagers. And then they might see, oh, Vienna Lager, Oh, go, Oh, will go Lager, that says Lager on it. Yeah. And then they might get that, and this is not necessarily <laughs> is... what No, exactly. Is and, yeah.
1: and we didn't just want to do a halfway house of Vienna Lager. We were like, look, guys, if, if we're doing this Vienna Lager, like, it's got to sing to you, like, you have to get all of that like we want the real amber color and i would say yeah vienna lager but also for me it was like again like the sam adams and the brooklyn lager style that also influenced it we wanted a real sort of american hop characteristic to come through like really sweetness but then stay true to the sort of vienna style so i know a lot of vienna's you see out there are probably a bit more light in color than ours but we really wanted you know to go really bold with it and sort of and and let it stand out a bit yeah
0: the Color is absolutely beautiful, it is like, great, isn't it? It is, it is gorgeous, proper amber. Is it? it poured and it's got, really well as well. The yeah, head was on great, the I'd, I'd like yeah, to say so. Yeah, foamy head. Yeah, it's <laughs> gorgeous, it's really beautiful, and it is, and just yeah, we really we, just,
1: drinkable. we did just look at that as well and like the different avenues. And when we were looking at the different styles of Vienna or like the different sort of brewing styles of Vienna and how like open of a book it is, and like how, how you can sort of play to whatever tune you like with it and and that sort of um was that sort of side of things for us yes yeah, so we've got some american hops in there which you might not traditionally see in a vienna lager but just to sort of balance it out and again know, yeah, we just wanted to make something fun and sort of true to the style and just out there as well a bit bold a bit different that's good for
0: sustainability as well is using a slightly newer hop in it as well because yeah traditionally it would have your older hops in it and you know yeah Dr. Doom and Gloom here. Oh, <laughs> po- I keeps was just pointing trying not out to that... laugh
2: because the last few episodes that we've recorded, she's like,
0: Oh, you like SARS? Yeah, I, I hope like s- you like SARS no, yes,
1: because yeah. guess what? <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, the German yeah. the
0: German and the Czech hops are not doing too well with climate nice. change. And yeah, like so, course. you know, normally you'd use like Tetnanger, yeah, exactly. maybe some yeah. Halletail, maybe something mm-hmm. like that. And it's yeah. like but using slightly newer hops is a more sustainable way to go because they get they're being bred so that they can withstand climate change and things so it's that's from a sustainability standpoint that's a really good way to go
1: and, and do you know what, honestly i think they complement like the mold characteristics yeah. so well i think like they just like complement the aroma so much and you just do get that it, it just sort of just keeps the balance with the sweetness and, and you do yeah. get this sweetness that elevates slightly so again that was another sort of thinking behind that as well yeah
0: yeah it's really lovely
2: yeah so so you sort of mentioned as well about like this kind of spouted out of like after covid and there was mm-hmm. the um like surplus of stuff that, that that kind of happened then what was it sort of like deciding in a covid time period that you were like i guess i'll start up a brewery like did you have any particular challenges or actually given kind of what you were utilizing there was that almost no one wants to say COVID was helpful by any means, but like, was that, did that sort of help in a way because there was that surplus there or what was that like?
1: I would say it It had like, it's, it's it's lucky points, but also it's challenges. The most challenging point was actually starting it at that time. There's nowhere we can get like our brews out to customers or suppliers. Like yeah. nobody was looking for a new beer. No one was looking for anything different. People just wanted to fill up supermarket shelves. I mean, as we all saw, you know, we were running low on on like our basic essentials. So the challenge in that was like how do we push this out there after that? Um but again, it gave us the time to actually focus on it, or for me personally to be able to focus on it and come up with some with some cool styles and some new ideas. So yeah, I would say it was a very, very balanced sort of side of things. And and for us, obviously, as you see, um, we're very, very new. I mean, we officially launched in June. So, like, the Bristol uh, Festival was, like, our first sort of launch point. That was when we were sort of very happy um, with what we had and what we're doing. And that's when we were like, look, we're confident enough now to get this out there. So, I think, yeah, very, very lucky. It probably slowed us down a year. I think if it wasn't for COVID, we probably would have been able to get that out there a year sooner. So, yeah, I think it very much swings and roundabouts. It like, gave us the opportunity to do it, but yeah, probably did slow us down a year.
0: Do you think it gave you the opportunity to kind of develop things a bit, because of that, More having more time before you hmm. could put it out there, did it give you the opportunity to kind of develop it a bit further than maybe you would have done?
1: I think so, 100%. Yeah. I think... Especially um, originally my job, I was a product developer at the pasta company. So like my heart was always in beer, like food and drink generally, but my heart was always in beer. And I, I was sort of chomping at the bit to be like, oh, let's, let's have a go. And without doubt, if COVID would have ended a year sooner, I probably wouldn't have been able to, yeah, to, to sort of express some personality with a mm-hmm. beer. Like we wouldn't have been able to, to do five or six trials ourselves. And so once we convinced the guys from Pots and Pans, you know, we got like a small 30 litre class kit. So that's when I was really able to sort of elevate the beer to levels like that. And we, you know, as, as like food manufacturer goes on, we probably wouldn't have had time to do that. So right. it might not have even been something that got out the gates, really. So, yeah, that, that's quite funny, I'd say
2: it's it's interesting though what you're saying about like yeah there was like a point when covid first started when it was like people were just like oh we want to get the beer out we need to get beer on like nobody wanted to try new things everyone was like we just need to put sort of stuff out there and i just remember like thinking back it is it feels it feels forever ago now it does yeah. yeah and it like when you look at how many years past we are now it's like since it first started like that was it's insane but i remember there being like the rumor that was going around that was like we're gonna have a lockdown. No one's gonna be able to go out, and it. I can laugh about it now because it's like we're so far removed from it. But I remember like one of the last things I did as I was like, I need to go out and I need to pick up beer <laughs> <The> <laughs> yeah, be yeah. and Yeah, it's funny. But like everyone thought, like oh, it's only gonna be like a few months. Yeah. And so, yeah. so I remember going out and I was like, just get one big f off box of beer this will last me for like yeah, the yeah. whole time and like this will be fine and i remember coming yeah. home with my haul and being like and there's some there and there's some of that think, right <laughs> and yeah like that that's interesting what you're saying about like people not sort of trying new it, being reluctant to try new things because you almost don't want to like rock your market when you can't get out there and get to because i think like to be fair, the online sales only kind of really sort of ramped up when it was COVID and people couldn't. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I guess yeah. in some ways it sort of opens new markets mm. to you, but at, initially there's probably that like no one knows what to do here and no one wants to take chances. So yeah. it's it's um, interesting though that you were like, like, I think that's a positive thing that you still chose. Like I'm going to take this risk and I'm going I'm to well,
1: try out. I would I'm say gonna... the best thing about it is like I was living in South London and um, the pasta companies in like, around half a ways so at the time, like, when the lockdown, like, first struck, I almost had the opportunity to get furloughed. And it was sort of one of those things. I was like, cause, you know, it's, it's quite a long commute, like, being in the heart of South London. I was in Clapham at mm. the time. So literally in the heart of South London. And it was a ghost town. And I was like, I can't be commuting to, like, work every single day. It, it, it's just crazy times. So, um, yeah, they gave me the opportunity to actually... They have, a, like, a, a flat round round the corner. Like, they sort of own like the area as well. So... Yeah, I, I could have been furloughed or I got the opportunity to move over to the guys over there and, and just sort of stay closer to work and actually push this forward. So it was like one of those sort of situations where you, you sit around for a day and a half and you're like, well, a lot of people are just enjoying themselves, getting furloughed, getting paid and just sort of sitting around and having fun. And I was like, do I do that? Or do I actually push this and, and something that I care so much about? And it was like, I knew that this opportunity would be here. So yeah, it was like, a 50-50 sort of crossroads moment that that really pushed it forward, which I think is is such a great story as well that, you know, you could look two years down the line and I wouldn't have been here because I could have just said, "Mm, you know, I'd I'd probably rather take it easy and just get furloughed. So, yeah, really, really funny, actually.
0: There's like another universe where you you decided to be furloughed and you just made banana bread. (laughs)
1: Exactly, yeah, and then and then who knows what I'm doing now? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So <laughs> Think really,
2: banana, really <laughs> <I? laughs> banana bread maker.
1: Actually, I can do so a cracking banana bread. Yeah. Don't worry. I, as a food science nutritionist, like I, yeah. I do have food skills as well. So, like we learned our culinary skills modules as well. So, yeah, don't doubt my banana bread either. Oh.
2: I'm a banana bread fan, so like, you bring a banana bread bread, beer, and I'd be like, absolutely, that's what you need to do. Like, you need to do making like baked goods or something, and then like a beer to go alongside it, and like a pairing.
1: Well, the first one I did was like a wheat beer, and the thing is, is is nobody understood the idea of it though, and like especially the guys here, like at the pasta company, they weren't beer drinkers. So Mm. when I did like a really sort of and again, like, um, if you guys like your wheat beer, you know, like, you get the banana and clove yep. from it. Yep. So it very That's much distinguishes yeah. that. And obviously using the pasta, we thought well, it was a no brain I'll do a wheat beer. But it just at the time, it just wasn't understood right enough. Yeah. And like, something that we'll definitely do down the line. But, you know, I think people were just picking out off flavors from, from the pasta that wasn't even there. But just because yeah. they weren't sure about the wheat beer... So, yeah, that was something that I'd love to go back to do because that was, like, another original style that we looked at, but it was just, like, people just aren't getting it, really.
2: Yeah. I would say, like, yeah. how you guys were saying that Vienna Lager is, like, your, your top favourites. is like, for me, my first favourite... My first favourite beer of, like, proper beer <laughs> was was probably, like, a wheat beer. Like, oh, nice, that, don't we? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, like, 100%. It was just definitely, like, wheat beer. For the longest time in my in my... When I lived in the US in my earlier drinking days, it was, like... The majority of what I'd go for would be a wheat beer of some sort, like any wheat beer. I'd
1: be oh, in. nice! That's yeah, what
2: I'm gonna have. So, for me, you say wheat beer, and I'm like, Yes, absolutely, I'm in.
1: Well, I wish you guys were around a bit sooner because obviously, then that wheat beer will probably be out
2: now. Yeah, cause
1: it's really <laughs> we'll do
2: the taste testing of
1: the
2: <laughs> Yeah, where So, whereabouts now are you located? Like, in terms of like I guess the business, are you located like back sort of towards London way, or are you no, so we're
1: Hertfordshire. yeah, so, so literally just around the corner, there. so we have our own we've got our own plot now, because the guys that I work with who have come on the beer side of things for me, it was sort of they you know we were there a lot of those guys are either sort of north London based or mm. around Hertfordshire. because again, like Hertfordshire, like is very, very close to North London, so a lot of them were from that area, so it just it just sort of fits everyone else themselves. I'm not myself, but I, I sort of don't mind the commute so much um. But yeah, we're sort of in the middle of building our own sort of office space and and small tap room at the moment. So yeah, it's it's been going really really well. Like we've got a local artist who's sort of bringing the Beyond Belief um, like logo and uh, to life. It's going to be very wacky. It's going to be very out there. Sort of like neon painted, like some really cool lights. And you know, it's just going to represent our brand really really well. And it's just going to show that we're not really worried about sort of the mainstays and stuff like that. And and it's going to represent us, which which I think will be really cool.
2: I feel like you are just um, helping to lead me into the next questions, and like literally the questions. Like you are smashing it because I feel like the next question you've just set me up really
1: good for. <laughs> I promise I, I haven't it. done this before. This, this is <laughs> no, not pretty I mean,
2: professional. Like this is great. Um, before we do that, do we want to have the last one? Because I'm really, really excited. Come on then, sure, yeah, yeah. Right. I'd, I'd love awesome. to talk to you about this. Yeah,
1: because again, this was one myself, which was a different, difficult one to explain. So i am obsessed with different beer styles so before i i started in product development before i went to university i was lucky enough i've traveled the world i've done a craft brewery in six out of seven continents in the well every continent that has a craft brewery in the world i've done antarctica doesn't yet so um yeah and and this was something that just along my travels and just what i picked up i know apple is normally an off flavor in beer so that is something that people are a bit um confused about but for us I'm a beer man. I couldn't make a cider. We, You know, eventually down the line, but I was like, I really wanted to show like the collaboration. And again, like we love the idea from Stephen King and it had a story behind it. So it wasn't something that I just dug out from the sky. I, I sort of found it. And again, this was a difficult one for the guys to really get on board with because they really weren't sure. But I think you can have it over ice, like a cider, or you can chill it and have it sort of like a beer mix, very dry, like tart. But yeah, to see what you guys think.
2: Oh, I don't think that comes through like an off flavor at all. No, I think like like you can tell when something is an off flavor. Like, mm. Maybe if it's somebody that doesn't not, like you were saying before, it's someone that doesn't normally drink beer. So maybe yeah. in their minds they're like, this is not this is not beer. I don't know, but I don't yeah, think sure. it comes through like an off flavor. It's really interesting.
1: And I would say the most interesting thing about this is yeah, so we use thirty three percent recycled pasta and thirty three percent recycled apples. Mm. So um, we actually throw the apples in. Juiced after them, so they go in, and, and obviously because they are literally raw apples that we've juiced, they go in in the boil, sort of, so we pasteurize along that line. So again, okay. there's no process with the apples before. Yeah. Like, we actually, you know, we don't use any additives, there's no nasties in it whatsoever. It is literally pure pressed apple juice, and then two days later, it goes into the boil. So literally is that, like, you know, we didn't want to just grab apple juice from the shelves or anything. These are things that are literally mashed straight into juice, and then they go straight into the boil, yeah, so...
2: I think that dryness is the cidery dryness.
1: Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, it's
2: re- yeah, it's r- really like. I think if you really like, like if you do like cider, I feel like this is like the perfect beer for you as well because it. Has and
1: I think we will definitely have there. some changes, but like traditionally, Bramley apples are tart cooking apples. Yes. Yeah. So um, we we didn't just want to go and just pick Pink Ladies things that generally aren't available to waste like Bramley's yeah. an English apple, and it was a re- it was the availability, so the tartness you get is that Bramley apple style because if you do bite into a Bramley apple you know it is sour and it's quite tart so that's where that comes from yeah
0: I'm a fan yeah you (laughs) can like you can taste that like it's like you're biting into an apple
1: yeah yeah exactly that yeah and it's brewed like a pale ale like very much traditional brewing styles as I say like the only difference is we just add apple juice straight into the boil Mm. so like we don't pasteurize it it doesn't go through another um sort of process that makes it like more unsustainable like these are just picked from the floor juice and they go straight in and our pasteurization is the boiling process
2: it's it's that thing that i'm like i'm really trying to describe it for anyone that's like mm. oh that sounds interesting i'm like interested in. It. but it's so difficult to describe because i'm like there is very cl- like it feels there's very clearly like a beer element to it yeah. there's yeah. very clearly a cider element to it
1: well, there is a bit of citra in there as well. So there is a bit of citra hop in there just because, again, like the apples are so tart and and we, we we eventually will be looking around. And I think the opportunity for us now is going to be great because we can go and pick some more red apples, some, some dessert. And there are some dessert apples in there as well. So you get some tannins in there. So you might get a mouthfeel like wine almost. It's where it sort of aids the dryness. So, yeah, you, you might see the tannins come through. And, um, yeah, this was our sort of first limited edition beer, and we just basically gathered the apples that we could get hold of, so in future, like yeah, going down further down the line, we'd like to sort of elevate this a bit a little bit more, you know, maybe add some sweeter apples in there, and sort of just balance it out a little bit more, but I'm a fan again, yeah, I, I quite like it myself, so
0: yes, yeah, good. I think there's like the male feel of it is the beer element, yeah, because yeah. it's not as like thin. Let's say as a cider, um, but then you get that lovely like the crispness of the apple mm. in there. Mm. It's really lovely.
1: Very. I crispy. think it's a story. Yeah, like, it takes you on a journey. You know, like yeah.
0: it,
2: it,
1: it. As soon as it goes down, like you, you do feel the elements of it. They sort of come yeah. together. So
2: I feel like this would pair really well with like a cheese, like a cheddar. Ooh,
1: yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly like, I, I feel nice, like I'd
2: want to eat well. So me, like I am also. A massive food person, like probably to my own detriment because I'm (laughs) eating food all the time, and probably not like foodie. Where people, you're probably like, I know all the like really positives. I'm just like, I just like to eat. I just (laughs) like to eat, and I like to eat really good food. Yeah. To me, I had this, and I was like, oh this would be amazing with like a really nice like sharp cheddar.
1: Oh, I think so. Again, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It cuts (laughs) through it really, really well. And we are looking to do that as well. Like, what we would like to do next is like we want to bring out some pairings with it. Like, we want to show not just, like, your generic pasta dishes and stuff. Like, we want to show, like, the sort of versatility in that sense and, and bring together all the things that I love. As I said, yeah, the same as you, Tori. Like, I'm a massive food fan. So I want this to be enjoyed, like, in in ways. I am to show people, like, how you can bring out different beer flavors with food because, as we know, like, beer and food pairings are just like wine now. Like, I, I yeah. genuinely see that as the future. Like, people are pairing their beers with food and um it's something that we'd love to do and, and sort of especially in our tap room coming from the pasta side of things we do really want to show people like the the blend and how they do work in perfect harmony so really that's sort of what we would like to do yeah did you
0: talk to round corner while you were at the festival like with their beer and cheese pairing a lot yeah, yeah 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 you go and get some yeah because yeah, i saw them in bristol well. again
1: yeah like i was a lot busier in manchester myself um so i didn't get round to round corner but yeah no we saw them before um and yeah they had like the melton Mowbray pork pie because they're from melton Mowbray around that area yeah. So yeah, yeah yeah so um yeah we saw them with the cheese and the pork pies and stuff and i was like oh, yeah amazing and again it is just that like it just brings it to life it, it's just a different story as well so yeah and we like those guys so yeah we'd definitely love to get there and sort of maybe talk yeah talk about it a bit further <laughs>
2: I think um, I remember going into London because uh, there was like, this was years ago, like this was definitely pre-Covid years ago. Um, the Lagunitas did like something over yeah, of here course. Um, of course. and they were they were like, oh, we're having, if you win this contest, um, you know, you could go to, you can win tickets by entering something um and it's basically you go to this pub in london where they'd have a menu that was like tasting of these like special lagunitas beers oh wow. food um and i happened to get like two tickets i won like two tickets to that and that to me like that event was really cool because it was like they paired the menu they had multiple courses where it was like starter um main like another little tasting dish and then like mm. put in and they did it all with the beer to go with it and they oh, had wow. somebody there sort of explaining so it was like a big I don't want to say family-style, like, it was a family-style table in the sense of, like, everyone was at one big table. Yeah. But it wasn't like they'd come out and bring individual dishes. Yeah, sure, sure. it was sure. really cool because they would, like, be like, here's the beer. I'm going to tell you about the beer. Here's the food you're going to get. Here's why we picked this dish with this particular beer. And here's what you should get when you put the... T- like, they let you have the beer first. Drink yeah. Yeah. Have the food and then go, Oh, this is what they're supposed to do together and I always felt like that would be an experience if like somebody was gonna do a tap room that sort of like had that experience, I would a hundred percent like pay to go to another one of those like food and beer pairing
0: experiences. And I think again,
1: no, exactly. And I think there's more chance when you do stuff like that to involve people who originally might not think there's a beer for them because yeah. straight away you 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 can engage them and you can show them. Look, guys, well, this is what we were food, and it's like I know you might not like this beer, but try it in this process, try it this way, and and I think it's genuinely such a good way to engage people and get them involved in beer and get them tasting it. Because um, I mean, originally myself, I grew up on cask. Like when I was eighteen, nineteen, there were no IPAs on tap. You know, it was for your traditional lagers or cask. Yeah. So like. I very much came from that and I grew up like Buckinghamshire the Chilterns way so like the Chilterns brewery is a very very old-fashioned brewery around the corner from where like my parents originally lived and they did the same and they had like the old-fashioned like tankers and stuff like that and you could get cheese and local chutneys and all of that sort of stuff has taken me on the journey to where we are now and we just want to give it a bit more of a modern craft beer twist but we will look to kegs as well because that's something that's close to my heart also because I did grow up on sort of um cask beer so yeah I, I have a soft spot for it now
0: gotcha we all we all missed cask during lockdown because it was the one we couldn't know. really replicate at mm. home i love that it's getting a bit of res, a resurg- resurgence now because we couldn't have it before we're like we're, we're all just gonna go and drink cask
1: now I hope so because I even saw when we were out. Um, we went to one of like the old school um, pubs around Manchester, and they had two tribes. You know the guys from King's Cross. Yeah, they had them on cask as well, and it was just fantastic. Like the beer was absolutely quality. You know, like you got all of the traditional cask elements, but then you get that American sort of hop yes. style. And, and I think that there is just so much that we can have in connection with that. So yeah, I think I hope anyway. I hope to see sort of a resurgence, and by the looks of things, there is. So yeah, I think it'd be really good.
2: I do just want to say as well like the point about the the tartness as well that there is that tartness but i want to be very clear for anyone that's listening that doesn't that is normally like i don't like when they think tart and they think like sour oh of like, course yeah it's yeah. not like it. it's if you're no. a person that doesn't tend to like sour that type of tartness it is not that type of like tartness like you have to think of like like you said like the apple like yeah the, exactly like the yeah yeah. Of the apple. yeah yeah um because i think like that's really important to know because some people might go oh when i drink a beer that's tart i don't like it yeah yeah yeah. And yes. i would say like if you like cider and that type of tartness like you probably will like this because it is it this is surprisingly like i said i didn't know what to think when i say surprisingly i just mean you know going, no I, going, don't worry, I don't, worry don't know, I, yeah. I don't know what to think about yeah. like i didn't know what to expect mm. And it is like so sessionable and so drinkable that you're just a bit like.
1: I really enjoy it over ice, Like, yeah, I, I drink it in the oh, summer. Yeah. Again, like I have a lot of friends who are cider drinkers. Um, for me, getting these beers out here has been really difficult because a lot of my friends aren't as interested in beer as I am. <laughs> you know, it's not always for everyone. So I'm like, guys, yeah. oh, try this, and they're like, mm, no, and I'm not sure. And this was one again that I just wanted to bring through the sort of I wanted to make beers that some of my cider drinking friends can like because a lot of yeah. them don't drink beer and I wanted to really like my idea was like no I can't make a cider because then it doesn't show you that you could like beer also so I really really wanted to get something that that my cider fans could could drink as well so that was sort of the story behind that as well because I had a lot of my friends my local friends who were just like we, we're we not really into like the craft beer scene but we love cider like we, we just drink cider so I was like oh, trust me, I'm going to change that. So yeah, a bit of that. So, yeah, again, yeah, a bit of that stubbornness. Good job.
2: To uh, to circle back around to what we, so originally when I said this is a great segue, the reason I was going to say that is because you mentioned about um, wanting to open up, like, you know, looking to open up the tap room mm. and having like a really great local artist that was going to, you know, take your, your logo and paint it. I wanted to know, where did the space theme sort of come into play with all of it?
1: Um, So it it basically is like Beyond Belief in that sense. Um, At the first, like when we we originally got the beers out, a lot of people were like, this is unbelievable. I'm like, well, we can't call it unbelievable. Um, So it was just sort of a a play on that. And and again, Beyond Belief came and it just, as soon as we got the name Beyond Belief, which we sort of decided on a few years back because that was just the feedback we were getting from people you know it was like this is crazy this is quite strange like beyond belief so it just it just stuck with that and we were like well if it's beyond belief we, were, we just wanted to push the space theme and make it a bit more like yeah beyond beyond belief like beyond your norms beyond the normal realm and stuff like that if you if you would like so yeah it, it just came from that really um something that we had an interest in and i think it's very easy to sort of use the space theme in beer i think there's a lot that you can do with it, so it was it was something that we just we just had some fun and and like the spaceman characteristic it just kind of worked for us and we, we just all liked it really. But yeah, there was a slight method to the madness. Like it was just sort of the beyond beyond belief, beyond difference. So sort of came from that.
2: I think so. I quite liked the way that, that like I liked how you've done like the spaceman and stuff. Like it feels like, like branding wise, it feels like it's a really like it feels like it makes. It, this is gonna sound really weird, but it's like it feels like it makes sense in the sense of like how you've done it as well like design wise you're like oh yeah I could see this as uh, a, thanks like, yeah clear design like you know what I mean like yeah, sometimes yeah you might see something and you go oh I don't picture that image going with that product but yeah, yeah it yeah. just felt like it all just worked like it felt like it all just made sense and just worked together like so well <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm glad you say that because it was something like us as us like we didn't use any sort of middle um companies or anything like that we didn't use a branding agency it's something that generally just came from us guys just sort of Enjoying what we like, and it was like, well, we actually quite like this. We like the story, and we just think the story fits. So, um, yeah, it was all sort of all from ourselves. And I think you can sort of see our personality, and definitely see from the beers themselves. Like, I think there's a lot of our personality in the style of beers, well, me personally, anyway. So it was sort of that, like we want this company to be out there for everyone. Like it's great that we're making good beers, but we also want to raise awareness about like how we can all cut down on food waste and like how, if you can just be slightly more creative, like there is a whole world of opportunity to do things with stuff that people are throwing in the bin. So yeah, you know, it's generally I like that as well. So we don't just want to stop at like the beer, the pasta side of things. It, we want to start this to be a story that everyone can get involved in and sort of enjoy and, and come along with us. Yeah.
0: I love it. Going back to the um, using carrots and parsnips, I mm. think I've seen like an old recipe that was for parsnip beer. Have you like mm. found any like historical recipes or older recipes that kind of influence what you're doing? Or is it just you're like, right, I'm going to use these ingredients and see what happens.
1: There was a, was a German style potato beer that I was mm. lucky. Um, I think they call it a cartoffel beer. So I believe like a long, long time ago, it was a beer that was actually used. I don't know so much about the modern style of it. And I found it very difficult to find recipes, Mm. which has also been the fun part because there are sort of talks and there are like the floating ideas around. But um, yeah, generally, the, the potato beer was something that I had seen just from historical records in Germany. And it was just an absolutely sort of off-the-cuff idea when, when we were looking at it and we we were I was watching something about potatoes getting thrown in the bin we can believe it and I was like I'm sure I've seen someone do a potato beer before so like the idea like was already in the back of my mind but um yeah it just just was very much like spur of the moment parsnips not so much carrots not so much pasta especially not with fresh pasta we didn't see anything like even trying to google it you get people <laughs> who are making like beer sources from pasta, yeah. So pasta if, yes. yeah if anything it was throwing us off the idea if more yeah. than anything but um <laughs> yeah um a lot of it very much just comes from the the look to innovate as well and like, we're very very creative here and like if it doesn't work we're not too worried about that like we're not in a rush like we really just want to try and do things that can actually have a positive impact we just don't want to do it for the sake of it like we're not just going to use anything and add it into the process where it's not really giving us anything or it doesn't really change the beer like this is something that we will really believe in so you know if we're going to use the ingredient it has to genuinely have an impact mm. on the beer we're not just going to add it in the fermentation process to give us slight like, carrot flavor or anything like that you know it's got to be something that can actually give a positive impact to the beer
0: and would you so i know toast put some of their recipes out like homebrew size so that people could do it at home are you thinking about possibly putting that out so that people can have a go at reducing their food waste at home as well
1: we would love to and and the great thing is is we did almost just a sort of precautionary measure to protect ourselves um Hmm. is we have a uk patent approved for the using of like fresh pasteurized pasta so we use fresh pasteurized pasta so it's all gone through that process of the steaming process So, um, yeah, we actually have our UK pattern approved. So, without doubt, we are going to put it out there. And we're going to show people that if you're about to throw this pasta in the bin, you can do it on, on, like, pots and pans like we started. Mm. So, obviously, we'd like to go further down the line and show, like, the class sign approach, like, the real homebrewing approach. But also, yeah, the same like toast. Like, we definitely just want to show you how you can open a bag of pasta, throw it in, extract the sugars and and go with it. So, yeah, no, without doubt, um, we're just sort of getting to that point now. So, yeah guys, eventually, if you see the story, yeah, without doubt, probably in the next few months, you'll see the story up there yourself. And yeah, you guys have got to have a go, genuinely. we, can, we have a really <laughs> easy-to-follow recipe.
0: come round to mine and we'll
1: home, Have a quick thing,
0: nice.
2: I just, so I, I made pasta at home. I made some lasagna sheets and, and basically we had a few left over and it was only a handful and we froze them. And then we ended up basically needing some freezer space. They had been sat in there <laughs> for quite a while and they were all, what had happened is in the process... There was only a few and they had broken up and I was like, there's not really anything we can do with it. Yeah, yeah. And we ended up binning it, unfortunately, because yeah. we were like, it's just, there's there's it's broken. There was only a handful. We can't do anything
1: with it. Yeah, of course you would. I do. mean, we all would. Yeah. yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But
2: I wish I had kind of thought about this because I, was like, <laughs> I could have just kept it and been like, Joe, mm. make some beer. <laughs> Whether or not it would work with like homemade pasta as opposed to made it like pasta made in a specific way i don't know but that's well
1: i think we find that specific lovely. to our process is sort of the pasteurization process sort of allows the sugars to be extracted
2: uh, so um
1: it very much is that that sort of it holds yeah. its shape so um and that is the the pattern that we have is like the actual like the pasteurized fresh pasta and it doesn't just um cover pasta so it's just like anything that's gone through that sort of pasteurization process it's a dough or a carbohydrate. Mm. So um I think it was just again, it was just more something that we did to protect ourselves because you're we like as a few young guys, like, how on earth are we gonna show people to do this about someone coming over and just absolutely, you know, like taking it to another level. So yeah. we really wanted to make sure we had some protection about that because we don't want it to be used in the wrong way and we yeah. would hate that and we would hate it to just be a gimmick or a marketing ploy. This yeah. was our initial concern is that if somebody takes this idea they are probably just going to pretend and and not use waste pasta and they're just going to use things and buy stuff from supermarkets and pretend that it's waste so yeah generally that was that was that really
2: that's sensible how how many of you are there because you you said like kind of like you and the guys that how many of you are there in the actual business now like who how many people do you have what do you guys we have
1: like yeah there's like five of us we have like a head of branding a head of sales um me and then we just have one of the pasta guys along as well. Um, yeah, like a sort of commercial director, and then we have someone who helps us out with like the initial branding ideas as well. So yeah, it's just five of us. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's amazing. That is like, oh, so so with the with the like potatoes and stuff, because obviously with this you kind of started off like with the pasta company. Like mm. when you go to get the potatoes and turnips and the carrots, like where do you go to source those like do you go to a supermarket do you work with like uh like how does that i'm really just cu- if you can answer that, that's fine but i'm just really curious on how that
1: works well i can tell you like from the start like the first original like homebrew i did was just from at the end of the day at supermarkets like they, they were like 19p for, for a kilo so it was just like maybe i'll just grab three of these because yeah they'd have just ended up in the bin or anything like that so sort of walking around seeing stuff that, that, that was eventually going to be thrown in the bin so yeah just pick them up like literally as the whole potato yeah that's really
2: really interesting (laughs) because again i don't think any of us walk around a supermarket even like (laughs) joe Joe from like like joe homebrews and stuff like do you ever walk around a supermarket and go i could brew with this no it was like a new exciting challenge (laughs) yeah like find something really interesting and then just be like
1: can i brew with it like- right it's awful i think if, if you go around with people who aren't brewers themselves and they're like they would thread taking you to the supermarket now because i look at dry ingredients as well and i'm like mm, there's something we could do with this yeah and, and i think yeah it very much is something like that that you, you probably would hate going to the supermarket with me because i I'd be around there for half an hour just looking just, just speaking to the guys as well i'm like what do you guys normally throw away like what doesn't work and i think when you see um like even little themselves, they do like wonky carrots and stuff like mm. that. Yeah. So yeah. we it just just came from that as well, and like we were realizing how much of that stuff that was even wonky that people were just throwing, and we don't need need to worry about what it looks like because when we peel it and dice it or anything like that, it, it makes no difference to us. Yeah, yeah. So
2: I find that's crazy, isn't it? It's like you're like, oh, you could get this bag of like wonky carrots mm. for, for cheaper than you can get like the other bags, and it's only because, like you said, it's wonky. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I can't. Yeah, like I'll mad. take the bargain. Yeah. Like, that's right. I'll take this yeah. But it's just like you kind of go, but it's a carrot.
1: Oh well see it's the best thing about it <laughs> is when we did the potato, like so I was peeling and we made some chips while the boil was on, so for some <laughs> other potatoes them. we didn't need. Like, some yeah. for
2: the boils. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <Some laughs> <for the boil laughs> <some> so we <laughs> might as well keep ourselves fed. So yeah, like we just had some real fun with it. Yeah, just sort of eating out a few chips and then sort of playing around and stuff like that. So yeah, no, yeah, we've got some really cool stuff on the way. Like there's some really cool ideas we've got going forward and and stuff like that and again it's just all we really want to educate people and bring them on the journey with us as well and sort of show really what you can do
2: i think i've got one there's one final question that i've got from my end and it's a big controversial question oh, here we
1: go. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like controversial questions so it's really
2: controversial would you ever consider making a pumpkin beer
1: oh i can't believe you've without <laughs> doubt oh um, so i, I was one. i
2: was worried it was when you were like i can't
0: believe you asked that. i thought you were no, going to be like immediately
1: absolutely no. not. why would you ask that question oh definitely <laughs> it's funny you say that because when we first originally started using carrots like my idea was like let's do like a pumpkin pot like real sweet style beer <gasps> oh, yeah yeah we want to do like we're pumpkin pie without being doubt difficult. Mm. we're not
2: being difficult we're just yeah. asking for a pumpkin spice <laughs> or a pumpkin
1: oh beer, exactly beer. Yeah.
2: that's all we want that's all we
1: want definitely like without that we want to bring that real vibrant orange color, and maybe that'll be something again yes. with carrots and pumpkin. And we want to make it slightly sweeter. Oh, yeah, yes. I'm, I'm actually really glad you yes. asked that because that was my initial question straight away. But it's just tracking down the pumpkins first, yeah. So, yeah, you have to use
2: specific pumpkins because well, so when we've done our controversial pumpkins, but they shouldn't <laughs> be controversial, but let's be real that like, in, in the UK it's controversial, yeah. <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> the pumpkin spice situation, mm. we've done those episodes, it's like looking into it, it's like, yeah, it is specific. It, you kind of have to use specific pumpkins to bring out the specific flavors yeah but i don't know if it's like kind of i guess if you were sort of looking at it from a sustainability perspective mm. you know are there pumpkins that are the normal halloween pumpkins the carving pumpkins that maybe aren't as sweet but if you're looking at also using carrots or something else like is there a combination that maybe you could get yeah. that sweeter vibe well, oh,
1: I think so. Fun. And the thing is, for us, which I find really easy, like coming from a food background myself, like the pumpkins are great, like, but we can, we can find like the spices ourselves, you know, like the cinnamon and the extra, like the clove and stuff like that. They're things that really are so, so easy and there's no issue in sustainability from adding them. So, I think from a food background, I think you guys should watch out for that because I think we know exactly what pumpkin pie should taste like and I think it's going to come out really, really well.
2: <laughs> I, really, I really hope that that is like, to me, that was like, I feel like this is a controversial question. And it was the second you went, I'm like, I can't believe you've asked that. I was like, oh no. Just cross you the line. go, hell no no pumpkin because that's normally the reaction you get from people like, I I bet, know, yeah. about 75% it's not everyone because some yeah, people yeah. go oh I, I don't know mm. probably not about 75% is like okay. <laughs> I, get, I get tagged I get tagged by so many people that I'm friends with that like anytime there's a meme that's like an anti-pumpkin mm. spy, like an anti-pumpkin bear meme they'll tag me in that and they'll yeah. be like look oh, this really? is for you and I'm like you know I love it don't well, you
1: well I think you've done really well now because actually now I can go over to the guys and say well look people are asking for it <laughs> yeah (laughs) There's there's
2: a market. Don't don't talk numbers. Don't talk numbers. Just go, there's a market. There's a market. And they will buy it because, like, every... Yeah, we look for what is on sale and it fluctuates and sometimes there's a few things because sometimes things get imported mm. and sometimes there is literally it's like a barren wasteland of pumpkins. yeah it's just sad. and we get really
1: sad <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really sad. and i think especially when you see like a lot of guys do that now don't they they go to like the pumpkin patch and you know you go yes. go around halloween you go see them like pick pumpkins and things like that and without doubt mm, so many of them would end up <laughs> thrown away so yeah yeah look out for that. <laughs> yes oh, I'll, go pick, I'll go
2: pick literally i've i have said this we've said this on like every pumpkin episode that we've ever had like volunteers tribute if you need someone to just go pick pumpkins like <laughs> i will go and just pick the pumpkins for you like well maybe that's like, the, the
1: story effort, and then you bring them, them and do we'll it. brew together and then you guys can and you can make a small amazing sort of with I'll us guys like... and you pick the pumpkins <laughs> you have some fun and then you come over to us <laughs> I'll give you a few beers and then we'll brew. We'll, we'll brew a small, small like homebrew batch. Yeah, oh that's right. Well. That an anyone that wants to brew a beer. I'm like
2: free labor. I will do it. I'll bring the ingredients. I'll bring. Let's the do food it. In.
1: Yeah, like, definitely, I'm here. Definitely, Yeah, <laughs> yes. that'd be fun. That's fun for because I have my own sort of like in our in our sort of development area. We we anything we do at first, we use like the small thirty liter class time before we sort of mm-hmm. batch up. So yeah, definitely. Like, by all means, yeah, Music that'd be fun
2: that was the that was the last controversial question uh, joe, that
1: was got, a good question we, we've, kept you, we've kept you an hour and i was like gonna
2: ask that question before we go if we're talking about food uh joe do you have any other questions that was
0: no that was i think we have to end it that is the best question that was so good yeah. she didn't put that she didn't put that on the script or anything on she kept that that's not on the long, <laughs> long list of notes that i made no.
2: that was just an ad hoc i was like <laughs> so you're talking about potatoes
0: and carrots mm. what about pumpkins <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's great no, that's a great question
0: and so i think the really important thing is where can people get your beer
1: our website will be set up literally in the coming weeks in the coming months Amazing. and then you can get them directly from there um and we'll be looking to to be anywhere like we've had some great conversations with people who who are really pushing the sustainability message we're looking to do some great collaborations also with other brewers who Other companies who will basically just talk about sort of pasta elements as well. So we're really looking to sort of just expand that and sort of cut the the sort of process. And again, probably what I forgot to mention originally is like we see a lot about the fact that the actual kilning process of the grain itself is one of the most unsustainable parts. Mm-hmm. So just by naturally using pasta and not having to toast or germinate your, your grain, you know, it has a really good opportunity for anyone to be able to cut their their uh, sort of carbon footprint down, so yeah, we've been we've been sort of looking looking everywhere. So I'd say definitely look out for us. We'll be we'll be all over the place. Nice. <laughs> we'll
2: post a link to your Instagram and everything. Oh, thank like you it. so much. If, if everyone, yeah. if anyone that is a brewery, sort of like happens to listen to this and is like, I, will, I want to do a collaboration. I'm guessing can they just sort of reach out? And of course they
1: can. Yeah, and obviously grab a couple of beers and try them because I know it is quite interesting. Until you try it, that you are slightly confused or slightly slightly not sure about it but yeah of course anyone can sort of get involved and we'll sort of show the process as well so yeah okay. it'll be fun we for can everyone be...
2: are you gonna be at london we, we are. are yeah 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 right. be in london. Well, i'll see you at london joe will see you at london i'll
0: and
1: see you at london Crawford, as as well.
2: hopefully come out before london yeah
1: yeah i'm sure you'll see us about it yeah, yeah. definitely
2: go and say hi go try the beer yeah, yeah for
1: sure yeah it'd be great to see you and again any other questions we are always welcome to sort of our answer and we love new people coming over and having a question so yeah by all means, just give us a shout. Even if it's a silly question, yeah, just, just get involved and You said you
2: it. like the controversial questions,
1: go <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Yeah, ask me directly. Yeah. I think you'll panic the guys otherwise. So just just ask the Christian if you're asking any controversial questions because you will make them sweat. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. This has thank been you so much for No delightful. worries, guys. Thank you for having me. This has been amazing. The beers are great.
1: Thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Thank, thank you, you guys so guys much. Not... Mine are basically gone. <laughs> thank you, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> Rough. like i mean we're we're talking at the end of this now yeah but this like side bit is incredibly interesting i love it and i just want to keep drinking like yeah i would have never been like put this on ice and now i'm no. like <laughs> put this Do on ice. Have like, ice i'm like oh this is just is really interesting i find it we were saying it, during the episode it's like yes okay apple can be an off flavor but it doesn't land in an off no. flavor way and it's just incredibly interesting so like i could just drink it just tastes it.
0: like you're biting into an apple yeah like the off flavor of of apple is often green apple and i find that that comes across as a bit more like green apple washing up liquid whereas can this I... is like mm, i'm eating an apple can i say something that definitely will get me cancelled yeah go on then like
2: what happens if you put a little bit of a cinnamon sugar rim
0: oh my here glass? we go it's happening i like a cinnamon sugar rim would be good i'm this. just With, saying and it's over ice mate over ice cinnamon sugar rim
2: <laughs> he's gonna be like christian's gonna be like i did not co-sign this <laughs> I, I did not co-sign
0: this it's not allowed I'm this go, was
2: not what i co-signed we'll go up to I him at london craft Fest. be festival like, and i'll be like i've got a gimmick for you for next craft Festival.
0: but what if here what
2: here if
0: is cinnamon out? sugar rim cinnamon sugar rim brown sugar or regular sugar
2: Ooh. Oh, it has to be a little mix of both. I think personally, you need the textures. (laughs) You need the the granulated sugar texture, but you need that brown sugar. Maybe a demerara if you're feeling, if you're feeling feisty, fancy. If you're feeling saucy, get a bit of demerara in. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of a hybrid between the two. I know my sugar. (laughs) She she sure does. I know my pasta, Um. and I know my sugar. Hey. But yeah, no, that was like honestly, that was an absolute pleasure having that conversation. I'm so glad he took yeah. the pumpkin question so well. <laughs> that could have gone one of two ways and it went the better of the two ways. It did. The really it better did. of the two ways. So Uh
0: if you're at, if you happen to be at London Craft Beer Festival, make sure you pop over and try these because Vienna Lager is good. Um I did say we had a little conversation, like when we had it at Bristol, I found that um when I had it on cake that the bitterness was a bit high, but I don't know whether they've whether they've had a, uh, had a tweak of it or whether um, in Cannes it's slightly different. But it's good. It's got that good, like, caramelly toastiness to it that I like from a Vienna Lager. They're all just really sessionable and really yeah. like,
2: lovely as well. And I think, like, I'm shocked that that's, like, first proper podcast yeah. that he's been on. He was that great. Was, that he's been on because, like, I was like, you're basically... <laughs> you're doing the job better than me. Stop it. I cannot <laughs> have that. That is
0: to gonna... not allowed <laughs> i'm
2: definitely i'm not even gonna get to do we are slushy because he is gonna come and kick me out like right oh, out of the because that was really great Beer graph will it slushy yeah i i mean did i think about that i don't know <laughs> maybe <laughs> i did uh, but yeah no that was lovely and these are all really sessionable beers that i feel yep. like and i feel like they're all i like what he said about how they don't want to make something like as much as i love a crazy adjunct or something weird and wonderful and unique and like a one-off yeah i actually really quite like and it makes sense with the whole sustainability thing the idea that it's like well actually we don't want something that is just gonna be too wacky that it's just not a gimmick but like that it's almost like oh people only want to get it as a one-off like you want yeah. to have something that's a little bit more Uh, A core range of fridge filler, if you will. I use fridge filler in in like a positive way where some people use it in a negative way. I use fridge filler as like a, this is what I want to have in my fridge when I have friends around and I don't want to sit there and think about the complexities or the crazy adjuncts or the weird unique things that have been done to that beer like for me a fridge filler is like it's easy to drink it's nice to drink you enjoy it you want to share it with people and it's easy to get hands on because it is a repeatable thing you can buy it's not just like a one-off uh we did this thing this one time and that's it and i feel like these are like so perfect for that because they're equally all sessionable easy to drink perfect no matter the weather really i feel like they would shine in the sun Yeah, just as much as they would be good, like that Vienna lager with those caramelly notes, would be just as good in the colder, more miserable weather. Yeah, Um, and I feel like there's there's stuff that I could share with people that they're almost more. While a person that really enjoys beer would very much like them, they are also very friendly to people new into craft. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like they are they're they're approachable.
0: Approachable's the word. Approachable.
2: They're approachable. Like sometimes you can just have something that is like no frills, very well executed, and it can be just as approachable for someone new into craft as it is for someone that just really enjoys, for example, a very good Vienna lager.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, definitely. These
2: are completely I would recommend these to people that are like wanting to A be sustainable and promote sustainability, but also that are like, I just want a really good core cool range beer in my fridge.
0: And yeah, if, you definitely. Ha- if you
2: live with a cider drinker, like I've got a friend who Yeah, the graph cider, will go down really well. The graph will go down really well.
0: Maybe not with a cinnamon sugar rim though. I mean, I say cinnamon sugar all day, <laughs> but that's
2: me. I mean, I probably, the thing is like, I like the idea of a cinnamon sugar rim but that's because i don't actually go through the process of executing the cinnamon sugar <laughs> right she likes to talk about it she she talks babe. i've had it no 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 i've had it back in my u.s time. Ty- back in my u.s days uh it's like you go to a bar and that's what they do with pumpkin beers and cider like there when they when you did sort of start getting hard hard ciders as mm. we called them uh you would get like the cinnamon sugar rim but like you get that at a bar no one would ever really do that at home <laughs> it's messy because it's like it's messy i tried it, it once it's a lot of effort it's a lot and of you're effort just like, Ugh. so you're like i'll have someone else do it and i'll drink yeah what somebody else because then you gotta clean the glass
0: uh, afterwards like i don't yeah. want that stuff around my we'll glass
2: it. i get <laughs> all
0: around the edge of it it's great um anyway yeah. These guys are going to be at London Craft Beer Festival. They should come out before then, so go and see them. We will both be at London Craft Beer Festival, so come and say hello to us as well. Uh, But if you can't make it to London Craft Beer Festival, Tori, where can people come and berate you for talking about cinnamon sugar rims? (laughs) I'm just gonna be like la 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 la. I cannot hear you <laughs> or for your um, tips on how to do a proper cinnamon sugar ring
2: I don't have any tips because again I just said I don't do,
0: don't it. do it myself <laughs> I let
2: somebody else do the manual work for me of that cinnamon sugar ring um and I feel like I can't even pretend I like it because I'm not gonna say where I am I, I will be at London on the Saturday I'll be helping out uh a brewery but I'm not gonna say where you could just find me um, and if then, if you don't, that makes it even better because it's like, I've blended in and you don't know <laughs> who I am and that's great. Um, but I feel like if I admit too hard to liking a cinnamon sugar rim, <laughs> I might not be helping out <laughs> <laughs> London Craft Festival. So I'm like, ah, we'll just take that a step back, rewind that back. Uh, but yeah, I will be at London. And if you want to say hi, you want to kind of find out you know, who I'm definitely going to go check out on the session that I've got free. Um, give me a shout, I'm on Instagram, adventures underscore in underscore optimism or adventures in optimism at gmail.com and pretty much through my Instagram you can get all the links to all the things that I'm not keeping up with, so... That's probably the best way to find me uh, the Instagram that I am not also keeping up with. Um, but I share stories, so if you tag me in a story, I'll probably share it because that's minimal effort and that's what my brain can handle. Joe, if people want to see you at London Craft Beer Festival, where can they see you? And I'll let you do the plug for the podcast as well. Okay, my thanks. brain's dead.
0: <laughs> I mean, just you'll come, you'll see me, you'll see me at London Craft you'll Beer Festival. <laughs> you'll see me you'll see don't me. worry um or you could you can message me and be like hey i'm at london craft beer festival where you at and i might reply to you um you do that <laughs> i don't see
2: you where are you <laughs> where, yeah
0: <laughs> you can find me at my beer school which is love beer learning and we're on facebook instagram twitter tiktok and pinterest i'm mostly on instagram so just come say hi there um you can also come to my website which is lovebeerlearning.co.uk there's no cinnamon sugar rims there. I'm sorry. Um, you Not yet. Wait, me. give it a few months. Okay. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe that's the next blog post, right? I have to do tips on how to do it. That that feels like... You need a, to do it before October. Yeah, that's it needs to September. be in October. September
2: time. It's harvest time. Yeah, cinnamon that's sugar when I need rims to, like to do the it. ready.
0: Um, or you can email me with your tips for cinnamon sugar rims, if you've got any, which is... <laughs> Number one, don't. Love it. it gmail.com. Two. Nope. <laughs> Or you can get hold of both of us on the podcast account, which is a woman's brew. And you can email us at a woman's brew podcast at gmail.com. Parade us both. Parade us both. Just go immediately, no, don't do that. Why not?
2: No cinnamon sugar rim, no pumpkin spice. Stop it. Get out. <laughs> and we'll probably go, like, cool, deleted it. It's fine. We'll
0: just ignore you can You can try that. <laughs> uh, on that note, I'm going to go finish this craft because it is a beauty. I'm gonna drink my Vienna. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.